Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online, and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome to Lore Watch Roundtable Free Forum discussion about lore and World of Warcraft and maybe other games. We still haven't gotten around to the other games part, but I'm Ann Stickney, one of two lore-focused writers from Blizzard Watch, and I've got my two regular co-hosts with me today. First up, he's been chased by coyotes, apparently. It's Bat Rossi. <laughs> Did you just call me Bat Rossi? I said Matt Rossi. Oh, okay. I thought she said Bat Rossi, too, which I mean... I know. <laughs> I don't know. It's got Bat a- Rossi. Bat Rossi, scourge of coyotes. That now exists uh, in my head. Teacher of the night. I, I don't like, know. Honestly, I was like looking at pictures of fruit bats last night, and they are adorable. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at a fruit fox? These flying fox, these tiny, these huge eyes. It's like chewing on this little piece of fruit. Like, hello, Mister Criminal. C- could you stop doing crimes, please? Because I'm a bat. Hello. I just, I want that Batman now. <laughs> okay then. So our second co-host who's already chimed in. <laughs> of course, it's Joe Perez. Hey, Joe. Hello. My day is not as interesting as Rossi's, apparently. If you had to be a creature of the night, what creature would you be? Mm, what's that weird little, like, bug-eyed monkey that's really tiny and really creepy? Yes. <laughs> Defeating crime with your extremely long finger. Nope. <laughs> Come on, if that thing came out of the night and was, like, pointing at you, that would freak you out. You'd stop I whatever would, you were doing. Yeah, I would stop whatever I was doing. And See this finger? You know what I do with this finger? I eat grubs with this finger. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. Most of what I want to some rubs. <laughs> okay, so this week, we are not talking about wildlife this week. We're actually talking about lore this week. But uh, we're going to go ahead and tackle a topic that we had mentioned actually last week uh, on the show, and that is Cadgar. Um, he's a mage. He's an archmage. He's apparently in Legion leading the Kirin Tor, and Jaina Proudmore is off doing other things what those things are we don't know but we're going to talk about all of it like seriously cadgar needs to have a 70s backing theme you think cadgar doesn't age he's leading the kirin tour like seriously i would love funk behind it with some horns yeah i could see that 
can I be completely honest? Like, I was expecting a lot more from Kagar this expansion than we got in terms of personality. Like, there were a couple of moments what, where you, he came through. Like, you don't like dad jokes? Oh, I here's the thing. I love <laughs> Tony Amendola is like an amazing actor. Uh, I, I can't say I'm pronouncing his name right, but the guy, he, you know, he played Braytac in Star in Stargate. He's a really great actor, and I was hoping for more. Like, there's some stuff from Cadgar. Like, there's some interesting moments. Uh, the one that comes to mind for me, the, the strongest, is the moment inside Hellfire Citadel itself, where he tells you when you kill when you kill uh, Goldan, he's like, "Kill Goldan, and when you do, bring me his head for reasons." For- yeah, you have to, that was hilarious. We brought that up before, but it was like the bring me his head dot 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 for reasons. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I want to know what you want to do with that, man. I don't know. Well, like, what are your secret? What are your, what are your secret mage reasons? Why do you need his head specifically? What are you looking for? Well, especially, you know, Goldon's head, because Goldon's head has gotten people into trouble. Not just Goldon either, but I don't know. What do you guys think he's doing? Goldon's skull kind of has a life of its own. Yeah. Literally, well, it would talk to people. It's very strange. So I actually have a theory behind that, and I think it's because Kagdar he, he or Kadgar knows that Goldon is linked with the Legion, and what's his obsession been since forever he saw what Sargeras and the Legion did to his friends and family and his people. And he's like, you know what, maybe if I can get a hold of it, and I saw what happened with this this whole Illidan character. Maybe I could figure out how to keep this from happening or shut down all their portals and connections to Azeroth. Well, what I find interesting is that this is not the first time that Cadgar has had any kind of contact with Goldon's skull. This is why I always found Cadgar weird. Like there was something slightly off about his inclusion in Warlords of Draenor because mm-hmm. he was so obsessed with Goldon. Oh, I was so skeptical about it too when he got added. Right, because like, I saw the thing him, like, is. Really? is the thing is, is Cadgar, Cadgar was Medivh's apprentice. Cadgar was there, obviously. He didn't, well, he helped kill Medivh. He ran a sword through the guy, and then Lothar did one better and lopped off his head. So he had experience with Medivh, and he had experience with Sargeras, and he did a lot of research on Sargeras and Aegwyn and the Guardians and the Burning Legion, so he was familiar with all of that stuff. But Gul'dan wasn't really a figure he was super familiar with, and definitely not a figure that he had met. Cadgar didn't meet Gul'dan, ever. Mm-hmm. He met Gul'dan's skull when they went through the Dark Portal. He got he got the skull of Gul'dan from Deathwing. Yeah, and he used it. To, he used it to close the portal. Yeah, and that's is, that's as much contact as he's ever had with Gul'dan. So it was really weird to me, or it felt really weird to me that he would be so fixated on Gul'dan when the only contact he'd ever had with the orc was after he was dead. You know what well, I mean? There's so weird many thing, odd things about this, though, right? Like here's here's something that just occurred to me, though. When Illidan got Gul'dan's skull, and we don't know how he got it, like it was just there, the demons just had it in Felwood. There was no explanation as how it went from Outland to Felwood, or there why was, it was suddenly super huge. There was but, a little little bit of an explanation. Apparently, after he had, or while he was closing the Dark Portal, he sent he sent the skull through the Dark Portal, presumably to Azeroth. That was like one of his last acts. Yeah, good job on that one. It, he didn't want it to stay on Draenor, but he wasn't sure if it had actually gotten to the Curator or not. Obviously, it didn't. 
But the whole thing about that is, look, when when Illidan got it, he started getting memories right away. Like there was no there was he, no downtime. Yeah. yeah, he got memories from Gul'dan. That's how he knew that the Eye of Sargeras was in the Tomb of Sargeras because he had Gul'dan's memories. Kaigar had that thing in his hands for an extended period of time. So it might have been talking to him, alas, yeah. for Yorick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't really know. This is what gets me. Like I'm, I'm really like weirded out by like how many times Goldon's skull has interfered with things. Considering the dude was dead, <laughs> the dude's skull is almost arguably worse than the he skull is. has done more damage than Goldon himself, alive and living, has done. Well, yeah, or at least comparably. It's funny because, I mean, if you look at the events of Warcraft 3, which I think we have to if we're going to talk about Legion at all. Absolutely. Like, there's a lot of stuff that only happens because of Gul'dan's skull. Like, the the entirety of the the Tomb of Sargeras cutscene, Maiev's inclusion, the the death of... Oh, God, I can't remember her name. Maiev's the second. Naisha. Death of Naisha. Um, Maiev's ever-increasing obsession, you know, Illidan being a huge demon monster, all goes back to the skull. So that's the Bellwood's kind of... corruption. Yeah, because they were using the skull as some kind of weird demon-y amplifier. Which in of itself, I don't get why Gul'dan's skull could do that. I mean, I'm starting to wonder, like, what would, you know... Apparently, if you study up on demonic magic enough, your head gets really big and people can use you to summon demons I... or theoretically it might have something to do with how Gul'dan died because what happened was back during the second war uh, Gul'dan was working with Orgrim Doomhammer not out of any sense of loyalty but because he liked the idea of being alive Yes. and when push came to shove and they were in Lordaeron and they were making that last push and it looked like the horde might actually come out on top Gul'dan peaced out and left to go find the tomb of Sargeras. Why the tomb of Sargeras? Because that's what he was promised when he opened the dark portal. Medivh and through Medivh, Sargeras promised Gul'dan all kinds of unimaginable power if he opened this thing. And Gul'dan, maybe it was just that Lordaeron was close enough to the tomb that Gul'dan could kind of sense it. Or possibly the fact that, you know, he didn't really want to help Orgrim get any stronger than he, he already he was. He didn't care one way or the other, but I think that, I mean, in the concept art we've seen for Legion, it looks like the Tomb of Sargeras is actually closer to Lordaeron than anywhere else. And it could be just proximity-wise, he went, wait, this place looks familiar. I think I know where that thing is that I was told that I could have, and then I couldn't have it because Medivh died because he's an idiot. And yeah, everybody come with me. We're going to go get this thing. So he goes to the Tomb of Sargeras, to look for the power, the source of the power. And when he's down in the tomb looking for it, he instead finds death, painful death, horrible death, and kind of gets torn to shreds. And then he I just was... sits there. His corpse is there. That's the other interesting thing is that, you know, when Gul'dan's skull, Gul'dan dies, uh, obviously at some point his skull gets liberated from the tomb of Sargeras since, you know, it's used throughout you know warcraft 2 uh that you know then not through warcraft 2 itself through the expansion beyond the dark portal since right. they're using they're using it to close portals and open portals and all sorts of stuff um isn't that like the only time like i, I want to say that's when uh terran gorfine's only real appearance in azeroth when he's riding around on deathwing grabbing artifacts yeah he's for looking Nerzo. for artifacts and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so 
there's a lot of weird stuff going on with that thing. It just it, it connects back to Kagar because it's the only real connection Kagar has to Gul'dan is when he was using his head as like a magical aid. Yeah. Well, there's all there's all sorts of weird things with with Kagar as well too. Like if you want to talk about Warcraft two, you also have to talk about the fact that there was that, and we can go back to the medieval. There was that confrontation, and there was that spell that drained. Kagar of his all of his power in his youth and his vigor and everything else uh, and that he slowly regained everything back over time but he became stronger than he even was and so it's kind of like that weird thing it's like what did that spell actually do to him did did Medivh at that point maybe imbue something into him or infect him in some way so that's why like little things like that have always made me suspect of, of Kagar especially too with the recent retcon uh, with Warlords of Draenor where I mean, he's wielding Atiesh, and that's a weird thing because where the hell did he get that from? Because I well, went through, in and the I looked. Comic- Sorry, well, go ahead. I was gonna say because in the comics, I remember Madan had it, and Madan walked away, but there was never a discussion of it changing hands. No, but but they left it kind of open ended at the end there, where Madan was going to go off and train with Murad and presumably increase his power level or whatever Saiyans do, and. Um, <laughs> At I some just, point, I'm guessing Madan said, here, Cadgar, you can have this thing. Right, but I mean, that seems like such an important thing to just kind of not cover. Yeah, but for that matter, they're not, they're not covering the fact that Murad went and got himself killed. It's true. And Madan was nowhere to be seen at any point in time. Nope. I, I, I get the sense we're not going to hear a lot from Madan in the future. Let me put it to you that way. But I'm just I'm saying, okay like, with that. <laughs> There's just all these things that are suspect. There are all these things that are suspect that when I first saw Cadgar, I was like, is this just the reincarnation of Medivh? Is this, is this what's happening now? Because everything's like, well, these are, these are things I would kind of expect like Medivh to say. Well, it, plus yeah. they're doing the whole thing where, where the Cadgar is a raven outside of Karazhan. Mm-hmm. That's in the, uh, the, the Legion opening trailer. Like, I'm, I'm right the about Legion that, right? opening trailer. Yeah, no, he's, like... he's, sitting, he's, sitting on, he's sitting on there and he's the on, only the second mage that have that form, the first one being Medivh. Um, where he turns into the Raven, goes off to warn the king of the alliance, or that you know the legion is coming. A, it, it was, was such a throwback. Yeah, it was such a throwback to when Medivh showed up in Lord Run. The thing is, is like all of the trailers so far have been kind of like that throwback thing, like that whole bit in the Warlords of Draenor tra- trailer where there's Gromash. There's Manoroth. Manoroth is dying. There's that flash of light, and it's just like that the end cinematic from the Orc campaign in Warcraft 3, only this time Garrosh jumps in and gets him out of the way, which was like, it was still, it was one of those moments where it was like, oh, it's just like that thing, that thing that happened before. And then you see the Legion announcement trailer, and you've got the raven flying over the kingdom. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. <laughs> but it just it raises so many more questions, especially if you're into the story like we are. Because it's like, why is he sitting in, in Karazhan? Why is he at Karazhan instead of dealing with the Kirin Tor? Or, you know, hunting down Jaina or trying to fix all of the numerous things that are broken that he theoretically has the power, clout, and personality to fix? What is he doing there? Like, that place has been cleansed at this point. Heroes have already gone through and purged all of the influence from the demonic realms there. I don't know, man. My experience, in my experience, heroes going through never actually fixes a bloody thing. That's no. fair. But I'm just saying, like, but the, that raises the question of why would he be there? What, why, why? But why? 
Karazhan is basically like the nexus for all ley lines on Azeroth. That was a thing that was pointed out. That's its location was very specific. It sure. showed up like after Med- or before Medivh ever made an appearance. Karazhan yeah. was there and Medivh just sh- sort of showed up and said, I think I'll live here and moved on in. Um, we read that thing like where they talked about the explosion. Like Karazhan's one of those places that blew up and then it was there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there was this huge explosion and suddenly Karazhan. I've always found like you know, imagine the people who lived anywhere near it. Like because there's a village right around Karazhan, so people must have lived close enough that they thought, oh, let's build another village right here. At some point, you know, people wandering around what would become Deadwind Pass, huge explosion. Hey, did you guys hear that big explosion? Yeah, now there's a tower over there. Wait, what? Usually things blow up and they're not there. Yeah, it wasn't there. Then it blew up and now it's there. But I mean, okay. it's just it's an, But that's another thing to add to it. Like he has the the most powerful magic focus in existence. He's at the center of the ley lines and he wants Gul'dan's skull. I'm still not sold on this being good guy, Dadgar. Yeah, I, and and I had you know from the onset of Warlords of Draenor, I always had this thing where I was like, I don't think Cadgar is who he says he is because mm-hmm. he showed up and it was just, it was all too convenient. It just felt way too convenient for him to suddenly be there and take an interest. And it made sense that he would take an interest because hello, he's the guy that closed the dark portal, not once, but twice. If it opens again, yeah, he's going to have some kind of vested interest in that, especially if orcs start come charging through. Well, at some point, Kagar be standing there going, why does this thing keep opening? Mm-hmm. Seriously, I have closed this rift multiple times. And then especially, why was he the one to come and assist when he's technically on a whole other, you know, area, but no one, none of the other heroes came to help? It, none of well, the other heroes of his caliber came to help. They were, they were too busy. Like, no, we do, have to, we, we do have to point out that Kagar... At some point, Cadgar did leave Outland and he did come back to Azeroth. Because in the novel Tides of War, mm-hmm. Jaina, when Jaina goes to the Kirin to war for help, Cadgar is there. And he's now one of the members of the Council of Six. Um, so he did make that journey back to Azeroth at some unknown point, unknown yeah, period. I just assumed, I just assumed he, was, he was like traveling back. I was like, how hard is it for him to portal to get, you know, to... Well, we're still not sure. Run. There's still that speculation too that he might be also one of the few people to tap into the timeways too. So also yeah, there's, there's, also real convenient speculation. I think, there. My thing is is I don't think he's not Cadgar. I just think Cadgar might not be playing it entirely honest with us Which because well here's the thing. Medivh himself told talked about when he did his research into demonic lore that it was inherently dangerous. And this is mm-hmm. back in um we keep going back to this book too. This is back in the Last Guardian. He talks about how you I know, have in, it. Yeah. In, right in here, his, in, in my his, hands. <laughs> in his studies of demonic lore, it's, it's it's an inherently dangerous, corruptive thing. It's it's not the kind of stuff you can just pick up and read. And aging Cadgar made everybody trust him. Like they started treating him like an archmage. But he was just an apprentice. He was mm-hmm. seventeen. He yeah. was young, young trust. He, he was, was seventeen, aged to be this elderly wizard. And everyone was like, you know, yeah, you're our guy. Blow up the portal. Do this. Do that. But he wasn't any mentally older. No, he was and still 17, 18, 19. Not much older than that. He uh, he obviously knew how to do the magic. If, you know, being Medivh's apprentice will help you with that because Medivh knew a lot of stuff. But it's like he had the knowledge without wisdom. And then you throw him into like, you know, here's 
go ahead and spend the next so however many years stuck on an alien planet doing your best to fight the Burning Legion. There's a lot of ways Kagar could have gone bad. And not bad necessarily, that might be too simplistic, but this is not a guy who's had a life anything like anybody else. No, and and I had always assumed that Kadgar was kind of a straight-up guy, because anybody who's acting as an advisor to the Naru is automatically... I mean, Adal wouldn't... If there was any kind of Legion taint on Kadgar, well, that, that, that if assumes, he was in Draenor, Adal wouldn't talk to him. But that assumes that, that Adal's infallible. Or it assumes that you know it wouldn't suit Adal's purposes. Because remember, the Draenei allowed Lady Liadrin to, to become Lady Liadrin, to become the head of the Paladin Order. This they allowed true. They allowed one of their own to get kidnapped and turned mm-hmm. into a light battery, knowing it would end in his death and return to the cycle, and that he'd get stuck in the Sunwell. They knew all this was going to happen because Velen told them it was going to happen. And they're like, okay. These are we'll guys just, who... We'll just make that happen then. They operate on a scale, you know, if what Cadgar is doing is malevolent but will end up positively for their overall They're going goal, to do it, yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll let it happen. They're, they're, after- they're the ultimate greater good. Like, yeah. will will this balance out? Will this be okay? Will will the deaths of the many perpetuate the worlds or whatever the case is? They'll, they'll make those sacrifices, quote-unquote. It's not get- that they – they're not cynical or hardened about it because they will make those sacrifices themselves. They'll, they'll take – you know, they'll take the hit too. They're like just practical. Yeah, if if you said to them, you know, how could you let this happen to us? They'd be like, look what we let happen to him. He's one of us. It, it suits us. Plus, he, you know, Kagar doesn't have to be legiony to to be doing stuff. We don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, we've seen plenty of uncorrupted humans do absolutely terrible things in this game. It happens, uh, he, or it doesn't even need to be terrible so much as like he's looking at it, going, "Okay, what do I got to deal with here? I've got this weird time thing. I've got this army of demons coming through. What if?" You know, I I need to make the the call, and I'm making the call to like sacrifice. You know, these people. We don't know with him. We don't know where he stands in terms of these things. Well, and, it makes him interesting, but it and also you raise a you raise a good point too. He spent how long with Adal trapped without anybody like basically on? It's a weird thing. There's, there's it was a, like thirty years. Yeah, there's a weird he's thing. 40, go talk to him. Yeah, he's a he. By this point, he's got to be in his fifties, right? He's he's going by just by the Warcraft timeline. Um, I, I wrote about Cadgar this week for New Year Lore because I my mind was on him anyway. He's forty seven to fifty somewhere in there, give or take a few years. Mentally yeah. now, like he's actually aged that much. That's how long he's been alive, not how long. That's he how long aged, he's right? been alive. Yes. And it's I mean he's really not that much older than Jaina. He's like like a decade or so older than Jaina. Um, Cause Jaina was alive during the second war. Yeah. So, you know, Kagar is like a generation older than her. If that, cause she was old enough to be married off according to day of the dragon. Yes. She was marriageable age. Of course, for, for a feudal medieval state setting, that could mean she was like 12. I'm not, I'm not but the point being that she and, and Kagar aren't that far apart in age. There's there's like five, ten years between them probably. But what's weird about Kagar is this. Kagar is the reason there are Naru on Outland at all. Yeah. Kagar called them. Like They weren't there. They weren't even looking to be there. Kagar called them there. Kagar did. Not the not any of the Draenei. Not Velen. No, you know, it was Kagar who called them. That's weird. And that's what's really – if you look at Kadgar as a character, Kadgar seems to have this ability to reach out way past what you'd expect him to be able to do. 
Like to, well, to you know, calling again, Gennaro on the phone, that doesn't happen very often. And that, that's what I've been saying. Like, is that that was one of those weird things, like I mentioned earlier, where as his power returned, it was just so much more than he had before. See, so it's wondering where is he tapping into this? Where is he getting it from? I'm honestly, I'm really kind of surprised that I haven't broken the spine of this book because I've looked at this passage. Like, I don't know how many times it's like six or seven pages where Cadgar gets aged and then it goes into the epilogue. And this is The Last Guardian. Obviously, this is the one that I'm talking about. It's by Jeff Grubb for people that are listening. If you want to know anything about Medivh or Cadgar, that kind of thing, read this book. It's a very good book. But yeah, at the end of it, when it's talking about the the thing, there were a couple of things about that scene that didn't sit quite right with me. One of them was the fact that Cadgar was a 17-year-old boy. He was an apprentice. He wasn't a particularly powerful apprentice. He was just an apprentice from the Kirin Tor. Yet, even though Medivh could probably have just shut the kid down by flinging him across the room or whatever, even throwing a silence on him or something, you know, counterspell, whatever, what have you, he chose instead to age this kid to like this elderly man and strip him of all of his powers. Did Medivh actually need Khadgar's powers? No, in that situation, he really didn't. He had the upper hand. He's got the aspect of Sargeras living inside of him, and he's got all of the powers of a guardian at his disposal. So it just seemed to me, it's always seemed to me, like that was a really, he kind of overdid it. It was like overkill for a 17-year-old kid. It was Maybe. overkill. But it was also one of those things, too, where they explained a little bit about that in the comic, too, didn't they? Where they talk about how Medivh was fighting it from his corruption from the inside out and surrounding himself by those who would, when the time came, take him down. Right. And so and, what, and this was part that of that. The book as well. They mentioned that in the book as well. Um, Cadgar actually makes that point. He points it out. He's like, I think that you surrounded yourself with people that you like because you know one of us is going to have to take you down and you want somebody to do it. And when he ran that sword, hang on, let me find it here. Yeah, he ran the sword through through Medivh and he says, I think, said Cadgar, it seemed that his voice wheezed and burbled as he spoke, that the human part of you, Medivh, kept others around despite your own plans as a backup, as a plan for when you finally went mad so your friends could put you down, so we could break the cycle where you cannot. Medivh managed a small sigh and his features softened. I never really meant to harm anyone, he said. I only wanted to have my own life. And then, you know, he ends up getting his head cut off at that yes. point. Um, he's with Lothar rocks. No, sorry. Uh, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> Lothar rocks, admittedly. Uh, it's actually interesting that we're thinking about this because in terms of his powers coming back and in terms of what happened to him again, it's like his powers weren't drained very long because within a few like years, not even a few years, how long it's like, I think it's like a few months. Yeah. There, it's about a year or so from you know when it starts coming back because they had to make that journey across the sea to get up to lord Iran. i pointed out of, oh go ahead I, I pointed out in the know your lore that i wrote that maybe i was looking at this whole situation the wrong from the wrong direction because um i've done tinfoil hats about cadgar before and my whole standpoint looking at him is that okay if medivh drained his powers and drained all this stuff maybe he meant for 
Cadgar to be a vessel. Maybe that was Targaryen making Cadgar his next vessel or a vessel for something. Right. You know, yeah. and, that, and that's where I always looked at it from. I kind of, when I read that passage again and I kind of gave it another look and kind of tried to look at it from a different angle, what I'm wondering is Medivh just wanted a normal life. Medivh never had a normal life, ever. He hit, what was it? He hit like 13 and, and killed, his, killed his own father when the guardian powers kicked in. And then he was in a coma for the next, what, 30 years or something like that? I don't think it was 30, but it was long enough for him to age. It was long like, enough that he missed that entire time period where you, you know, you're a teenager, you're reaching maturity. In his own way, Medivh was still a kid when he woke out of that coma. Almost kind of in the same way that he then made Cadgar. Where 20 it was years like, again. You've been prematurely aged. You've been prematurely aged, but your mind is still young. Yeah. And it was 20 me, years according to this book. Right. Well, part of me kind of wondered, did Medivh, did, did he like drain Cadgar of his vitality to weaken him? Or did he give Cadgar all of the years that he knew he was never going to get? Did he transfer the powers of the guardian to Cadgar? Is that why Cadgar is now, he can turn into the raven, he can wield Atiyah, she can do all this other stuff because he's suddenly been imbued. He is the next guardian. He just hasn't told anyone. Or he doesn't even know. It's I not think like he knows. A- I think well, he I mean, knows. That would, I mean, that would make sense if you wipe out the entire Madan thing. Well, that's the thing, right? Okay, so they decided to form the new Council of Tirisfall. Because they didn't have the old order of Tirisfall. What did Jaina do? Jaina sent Murad to go ask Cadgar to be a part of the council. And Cadgar turned him down and said, no, but I do have another powerful mage friend that I will go ahead and send in my place. And I think that the reason that he did that was because if he said, yeah, I'll be a part of your council, it's a guardian port. They would know immediately what happened to him. They would know that he's a guardian. And that's one of those things that you don't want. That's a card that you never want to play. Because the moment people know that you're a guardian, they know what it's all about. That that was the whole thing. When Cadgar went to go apprentice to Medivh, he didn't know that Medivh was a guardian. Nobody told him. It was a very secret society, and it was a very secret place to be. And suddenly, everybody knew about it, including the Burning Legion. So what did they do? They targeted Medivh. You know, all this other stuff. If Cadgar, in his best interests, if Cadgar is in fact a guardian, he wouldn't want to tell anyone. He wouldn't want to let anyone know. He'd just want to fight the Legion. You know what I mean? No, it makes sense. Uh, for that matter, though, the, the guardians have never been what you'd call gentle people. No. Very true. So they're fully willing to do, like, Aegwyn, for an example. Aegwyn was, was an egocentric. She was a straight-up egocentric. You can't argue otherwise. You, not, not taking oh, away anything away from her. Yeah, not taking anything away from her in terms of her power as the guardian. She might have been the strongest guardian ever, but she was completely an egocentric. And the guardians don't have to be nice people. And the problem with Cadgar is Cadgar isn't even like there was no. For everybody up to Aegwin, there was a vetting process. Yeah, Aegwin skipped the vetting process and forced it on Medivh when he didn't. You know, didn't even ask him if he wanted it. She yeah. she pretty much, when it came time for her to step down as guardian, 
she had had enough of the Order of Tirasfall, and she kind of presumed that she knew better than the Order of Tirasfall did. So she was going to choose who got her powers. She wasn't going to hand it back over and let them pick somebody else. She was going to make that decision because yeah. she understood the office more than anybody else did. Um, so, yeah, she basically gave them two big middle fingers and went and had a kid and gave her powers to the kid. <laughs> and the kid didn't, you know, there was no, at no time was Medivh asked. No. There was no, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously she'd conceived him to do it. Of course, th- there's a certain amount of wondering here is, did, did Medivh, did, did our Aegwin come up with that decision all on her own? Because Sargeras was, was already, already yeah. yeah, Sargeras was already in her. Yeah. Waiting when she decided to do that. And think about it. The idea for Aegwin deciding, I'll have a kid. That does not usually the first decision one might come up with to spite one's boss. You know what I'm saying? It's a little strange that she, she didn't want to have a kid, really. She had the kid and then she gave him to Aaron to yeah. raise and was like, here you go. So Take it's, him. It's, it's debatable. I mean, there's there's some room for did Aegwin want this at all? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, did did she, you know, if she had been in her complete right mind, if she hadn't had Sargeras hitching a ride inside her body, would that have been her decision? I still think she probably would have told the Council of Terrasfall, you can step, I'm not giving up the power. But I think she might have just kept it. Do you or know what I mean? chosen an apprentice from somewhere and yeah. handed it over that way. Her plan uh, was rid- ridiculously circuitous and kind of, you know, it's the kind weird. of plan that involves you having to get pregnant. That's not, you know, that's not nothing. That's a that's a year of, you know, that's nine months of carrying a baby around. That's not necessarily, I just, I've always thought of it as the strangest plan. Like, you know, she didn't try anything else. Like, did she have a notepad with possible other options on it? <laughs> <laughs> Resign, tell the bosses other, uh, it, have a baby. There's so me, uh, go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, going back a little bit, though, I guess that that kind of brings a question then is it possible to have two guardians at the same time yeah because the second order of tears fall um they made it very specifically jaina jaina pointed out in the comic series she said mages are being weakened and it's because of what malgos is doing he's yanking all the ley lines up to northrend at that point in time this was during wrath of the lich king mind you it was just at the start of the nexus war that whole reason that we killed malgos in the first place was because he said humans should not have magic and i'm going to make sure they never do and started like grabbing ley lines yanking them north and mages were starting to weaken and jaina mentioned in the comic series that all mages were kind of starting to feel that weakening effect and that creating a traditional order of tears fall would not work but medan since medan was a child of a guardian and garona you know he was a child of the Drenai, the orcs the humans and he also demonstrated several different powers from several different magic schools they thought okay let's go ahead and get since mages aren't terribly powerful at this point let's get a mage let's get let's get a representative from each school of magic out there and we'll funnel all of our respective powers into medan using the ceremony that the order of tears fall did so long ago so there was a mage there was a shaman there was you know a druid there was it was one of each kind of magic school and they funneled this into medan so was medan a guardian yes but he was he was like a new generation of guardian. So theoretically, we could at one point 
see a battle of guardianship. Well, for that matter, not really, because he gave his powers back after it was all said and done. It was a it was a temporary thing just to deal with Chogall. There is actually, however, another possibility in terms of another guardian. Yeah, Medivh's not dead. Mm-hmm. No, he's not. He's just taken his place and, among the legends of the past. Which and Medivh used the powers of the guardian in Warcraft Three. He turned into oh, yeah. a bird. He flew all over the place. He cast spells. He was being quite annoying about it, actually. Uh, I think at one point, like, you know, Antonidas was like, go away. You know, yeah, like, but at the same time, Medivh did these things, but did he actually did he actually cast any kind of substantial, powerful spells? Was he there in the fight against Archimonde? No. No, he wasn't there. He in the was fight out of the picture. All he, he was, did was he flew around and he tried to get the people that needed to unite to unite so that they could get rid of the threat. He didn't really take an active role. It Does was he just have a- to have? He was obviously doing enough that you know he still had enough power to fly across the world because the guy right. showed up in Kalimdor, which at right. the time wasn't easy to get to. But so- his mother, the guardian, took down the avatar of Sargeras like it was nothing. She fought yeah. waves of, of demons like they were nothing at all. Did he do any of this? No. So I'm wondering if he was kind of in a weakened aspect because he'd already passed that on to Kagar. Well, for that um, matter, Aegwin was another... still alive at one point, too. At one right. point, Aegwin was alive. Medivh was alive. Uh, they and... obviously were doing stuff. Aegwin was doing stuff up until her quote-unquote death, which is annoying to me. Yeah, but she didn't. Again, it wasn't like it, she was a mage. She was just a mage. She she used to be a guardian and she was a maid, but she was, you know, working as an advisor for Jaina. There's another passage in this book, and it's in the epilogue. And in the epilogue, Cadgar is – it's basically a vision of Medivh talking to a vision of Cadgar. Neither one of them are really there per se. They're just talking to each other. And it's, it's kind of um, – it's a weird epilogue, right? It's a weird epilogue. So um, it says the being on the balcony, who is Medivh? It's going to refer to him as like a trespasser being. It doesn't refer to him by name. It says the being on the balcony paused for a long moment and Cadgar feared that he would fade away. Instead, he said, as long as there are guardians, there is order, capital O, order. And as long as there is order, the parts are there to be played. Decisions made millennia ago set both your path and mine. It is part of a greater cycle, one that has held us all in its way, in its sway. Cadgar craned his neck upward. The sun was now touching the top half of the tower. Perhaps there should not be guardians then if this has been the price. Agreed, said the trespasser, and as the strong light of day began to grow, he began to fade. But for the moment, for your moment, we must all play our part. We all must pay this price. And then when we have the chance, we will start anew. Which is weird. Yeah, basically what we're coming up with is that we don't really know what Cadgar is anymore. No, we don't. But he's like, (laughs) he's he's, he's something more. The reason I love this novel is it's left so much open-ended. It said a lot, but it hasn't said a lot. You know what I mean? So that entire like last passage where Medivh, it was really well written in a way where it didn't really lock them into anything. And you could make that, those last couple of passages mean anything, anything really. No, that's very true. So here's the deal. In Tides of War, 
Theramore was destroyed. Jaina Proudmore was made leader of the Kirantor. Cadgar specifically said that Jaina needed to be leader of the Kirantor because Cor- Coriolstra's crisis, uh, basically the consort of Alexstrasza, the one who died, um, he had left prophecies, air quoting here, that said, that indicated that Jaina was supposed to be the next leader that this was her destiny, that she was meant to do it. So Jaina became leader of the Curator. Yet in Legion, we have, I, I don't, did Kagar come back and say, oh yeah, you know what, those prophecies, yeah, it, it, those prophecies were for a temp position. <laughs> like, what's going on here? We don't know. So what do you guys think happened to Jaina? I really, oh God, um, well, there's what I fear has happened, which is that, happy. That's what we yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, my fear is that they're going to basically not like say they've got plans for, her, and then we won't see her again for the entire expansion. I would uh, rather have that than have her come back as a villain. I say, I'm not. Honest. I'm not that worried about her coming back as a villain. She's been in the game for like 11 years at this point. Uh, if they're not going to kill off Sylvanas, they're not going to kill off Jaina. Uh, in terms of what is she doing, I kind of hope she's off giving the Alliance its own faction of mages that isn't the Kirin Tor anymore. Because the Kirin Tor has proved it is incapable of being what the Alliance needs. Well, you know? and I guess because they no longer suit her purpose. And she's mentioned that many, 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 many times, right? Especially after the destruction of Theramore. She wants vengeance, but the Kirin Tor wasn't... talking about being just neutral. The thing and is, is we forget she this. neutral anymore. The, 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 the thing we keep forgetting is that Jaina pushed a lot harder for neutrality after the destruction of Theramore, she was straight up. She said no to Varian. Varian was like, we need your help. And she was like, I can't. I am the head of the Kirin Tor. The Kirin Tor is a neutral organization. I can't help you. It was 5.1. And, yeah. And then the Horde went and did it again. The With Horde, divine frankly, the, the Horde is the reason that Jaina finally said no to neutrality. It's straight up the Horde's fault. And it has always been the Horde's fault. The Horde is straight up wrong here. They are the aggressors. They are the it attackers. Wasn't, it wasn't just that the Horde broke into Darnassus, like stealthed in there, and took the Divine Bell. It they was used that Dalaran. They, they used, used the portals to do it. Yeah, they used the mages of the Kirin Tor to do it. And that that was where she kind of snapped. And you had that whole incident with Dalaran where she was cleansing Dalaran, basically kicking out... Um, they the straight up, she was the she was the rightful head of the Karen Tor. She had not ordered any anti horde action whatsoever, mm-hmm. despite having every reason to. She did not do it. She was like, I won't do it. I am the head of the Karen Tor. The Karen Tor is neutral. I will abide by the wishes of my people. I'm not going to, to lead us into a conflict. I'm sorry, tell your father. And, and then, then they just pushed her one step too far. No, this so it's not that Jaina wanted vengeance, because if Jaina just wanted vengeance, there was that moment in Tides of War where she finally stood down. She didn't destroy Orgrimmar, and it was in her power to do so, to straight up destroy Orgrimmar in one go. Drown it, the whole yeah. thing. And that's the, that's, that is, people keep talking about how vengeful she is. She's never been mindlessly vengeful, ever. Well, I'm there not saying never, mindlessly. Well, no, the, the, vengeful implies unreasonable. Vengeance is an unreasonable thing. It isn't the same as justice. At no point has Jaina wanted just plain revenge. Because if she wanted it, Orgrimmar would be gone. 
And she came close. I'm not arguing she didn't. Gina came real close to just wiping Orgrimmar off the map. And it's telling that the only Alliance leader with the kind of power to wipe a, a Horde faction capital off the map is Jaina Proudmoore. She is the one who can do it. Varian can't just wipe you know, Orgrimmar off the face of the map. Sure. Jaina could. So um, what do we think that Jaina... I hope is- she's finding her people. I hope she's off getting finally finding Kul Tiras. Mm-hmm. I kind of I would love it if at the beginning of Legion, Jaina straight up le- says I'm I'm going to get you know I'm going to find as mu- mu- as much as we can- need to to defend our world, and leads a mission to reinforce Sazeroth. Something better than just well, Cadgar's in charge now. What about you, Joe? Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for that too because Kaltiras is one of those things that's been missing from this game as a whole for eleven years, really. I've mentioned this on Twitter before, and I will say it here, too, because I really want to see this happen, right? I want her to go to Kul Tiras. I want them to make Tandred, Tandred Proudmore canon. He's not right now, because he existed in the RPG books, and those are no longer canon. But I want Tandred. I want her younger brother, and I want her younger brother, the angry sailor. And I want her younger brother to just look at her and make that clucking noise, you know, that sad, you're just like dad. And then I want them to get in a fist fight <laughs> because I think that would be like hilariously entertaining. And Jane has been itching for a brawl. Like, I want to see the sailor's daughter. I want to see the sailor's daughter just like break loose. <laughs> we haven't seen that part of Jaina ever, but I think it's there. And I think, I think she just needs somebody to egg her on and, yeah. Hey, all she ever wanted to do was study. All she ever wanted to do was study, but there's probably a part of her in there that would really just like to deck somebody. And well, we, we've <laughs> definitely seen that side of her, so yeah. Yeah. I, I just honestly, I having Cadgar come back doesn't bother me, but having Cadgar kind of just we need to know more of why he's there. And you know, there's a lot of missed opportunity. Like he, you know, him and Illidan are the only two people to ever hold the skull of Gul'dan. Yeah. Except for some warlocks who then picked it up for the Black Temple, but we'll let him talk about those. And guys. Deathwing. Yes, and well, the Deathwing. Well, that ended yeah, well. Yeah. Deathwing had it. Yeah. I wonder if Death, when Deathwing had it, Gul'dan's whispering of Deathwing is like, dude, I am an old hand at getting whispered at. <laughs> like I, I got <laughs> Look, something much I know bigger than you. You over make a lot here. of good points here, but there are some people that I've been in touch with who are way better at this whispering thing than you. I was, I like, was already, we go way back. <laughs> I was already going to kill them all anyway, so this is you know really. I mean, <laughs> look, just, you're preaching to the choir here, buddy. <laughs> you're just gilding the lily now. I yes, of course I'll consume their souls. What what is? Of course I was going to consume their souls. Really, get like, to the party, man. It's been like I've been planning this for months. It's all Where good. Have you been? I've been here, like yeah, working we'll on. Call the it details. a comeback. I've been here for years. Do you want to be on the VIP <laughs> guest list? Because I could put you there. We're kind uh, of the same. I, and now yeah. I have this image of LL Cool Deathwing. Thank you, Rossi. <laughs> this is one of the things I'm a little disappointed by in terms of like stuff we've done recently. Is I would love somehow to cheat things and get Smooth Deathwing back. I miss Smooth Deathwing. Get Prestor back. We didn't get Smooth Deathwing at all. No, in- we got we got Raging Mad Deathwing. And I'm fine with Kaiju Deathwing. I think that that's that's certainly an option you can go with. But I was I was totally hoping for at some point we'd get to see a scene of Deathwing sitting in a cave somewhere with like two Deathwings on his shoulders. 
And they're both, of course, evil Deathwings because, you know, Deathwing's devil is another devil. I mean, he's not going to have an angel. Of course, yeah. But one of them is smooth Deathwing and the other is crazy, raging Deathwing. And they're like, you know, no, no. What we need to do is manipulate them for a period of 20 years. No, smash everything now. No, no, my friend. We'll simply allow them to slowly corrupt themselves. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, you know how we had Nefarian. Yeah. We had Nefarian in um, Blackwing Lair, like the original Blackwing Lair. He was always really poised and he had like that liquid velvety voice and he was just very smooth talking. Was very much, much even when you came up to confront him for the final boss fight the boss fight he was like let the games begin like you know he was just really calm and in control and i wish I we had seen that press store again dabble press store yeah well they kind of kept that going a little bit in blackwing descent they did least, a bit at least, very yeah. very little but yeah but uh, honestly the, the thing about cadgar at this point is that he is this giant cipher we have no real idea what he is what he's doing what he's up to uh, I still think it as it is actually Cadgar. I'm on record as not thinking it's somebody else. I don't think it's you know Medivh in a in a Cadgar suit. I don't think it's Sargas. I think it is Cadgar, but I don't think we really know Cadgar very well. That's also true. Like we make a lot of assumptions about Cadgar based off of the books and stories and and what's happening. We don't actually we don't know, know a lot about him, really. We know we know it, stories of him. We've got the last guardian. Yeah, we've got the Last Guardian. We've got actually his stuff from Warcrafts one and two, but, but so that's not a lot. And you know, from the point of Warcraft two up until the Burning Crusade, we had not. You know, what's we had nothing. Say? Yeah, what does he say? I've heard your name spoken in whispers, Mage. Yeah. You know, and it's like you don't know this guy. This guy has been off doing his own thing for twenty something years. As far as you know, he's just that statue. When you go into Stormwind, he's one of those statues that's flanking. Yeah, it's like a little plaque about him, and that's about it. That's about all you know. Well, we should probably start wrapping it up here because we are actually running out of time. Go figure. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, final thoughts, Rossi. I honestly, one of the things that I'm looking forward to is to seeing if they do anything with the idea of you know you've got Gul'dan himself. You've got two people who've held Gul'dan's skulls. You've got all these people opposing him. Like, what's what's the end game here? I mean, this is going to be the end of Gul'dan as a character, from what I understand, right? That's what they said. Yeah. So we I wanted to go. I wanted. Forward. I wanted to go out in a way that moves the story forward. And you know, let let's let Jaina ride back on the fleet, like ahead of a giant fleet of ships or something. Let's let's not just leave her out there. Okay, Joe. Final thoughts. I am not 100% sold that it's still Kagar. I think that it's a Kagar that may not be actually the one that we knew from years ago. Uh, I'm waiting for the giant plot twist, and I'm hoping that there's going to be a little more fleshing out of that in-between time. Because as a character, there's just so many gaps. There are so many things left unknown. There are so many motivations that we don't know. And he's touched a lot of important things. And so there's a lot that they could do with him. And I'm with I'm with Rossi on this one. I would love to see Jaina come back, and I, w- I want her story to be something more powerful coming into Legion. I want it to be iconic. I want it to be something of worth, not just she's here, she says a couple mean lines, she goes away, or she comes back, delivers, like, the sickest burn of all time, and then leaves. Like, no, I want her to actually have some worth, like, you know, in the darkest hour of the Alliance against the Legion, which is happening on an island, she shows up on a fleet of ships blasting the legion from like off the shore with long irons i'm okay with that happens and i want something like that i want something give her an eye patch dude give her an eye patch give her give her a give her a scimitar give her make a pirate jana i'm okay with that too. give her a parrot 
Fuck! Or maybe Caligos can be her parrot. Or have her, or have her yelling back and forth with her brother about how many Legion they've killed. Something like that. That just All counts right. one. So I guess the consensus here is that we just don't know enough about Cadgar, but he sure is fun to talk about because we managed to fill an hour in no time at all. Yeah. Um, or it felt really, like no time at yeah. all. We didn't really even get to like, you know, other people that are supposedly showing up this expansion. No, that's okay. It gives us a lot to talk about and we can talk about more stuff next time. Can we talk about Turlian and Ilaria next time? Maybe that might actually be worth touching on. I mean, sons of Lothar, why not? Sons of Lothar, all of that stuff. We could probably do that. It might be a thing. Or possibly, I don't know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, we have to at some point give some Horde guys some focus. But I'm having so much fun talking about all the Cadgar conspiracies <laughs> here. Anyway, <laughs> Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or in the queue, and an ads-free site experience as well. So um, I guess we should probably just wrap it up and say goodbye. Goodbye. So long. See you next week. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.